Hi, I'm graphic novelist Jarrett J. Krasowska, and welcome to Origin Stories. In this podcast, I go on a deep dive into the upbringings and artistic developments of some of the very brightest and most talented graphic novelists working today. In this episode, we are going to get to know how Jean Luen Yang became Jean Luen Yang. Jean is a trailblazer. His book, American Born Chinese, was the very first graphic novel ever to become a finalist for the National Book Award. It's an honor that he actually earned twice. Jean has also garnered a Prince Medal, a few Harvey Awards, and about a gazillion Eisner Awards. Jean also served as the National Ambassador for Young People's Literature and was part of the 2016 class of the MacArthur Fellows Program, receiving what is commonly called the Genius Grant. <laughs> wicked smart. Jean is wicked smart. This kid. Origin I am so proud to present JJK. to you Jean Luen Yang's Origin Story. Before we get into my conversation with Jean, Origin Stories is sponsored in part by High Five Books, a beautiful and incredible indie bookshop here in Florence, Massachusetts. Check out studiojjk.com forward slash origin stories for links to buy Jean's books from this fabulous indie. They even have a limited supply of autographed copies. And while you are over on the High Five website, check out Jean their Luen curated Yang. list of book recommendations. Hey, how's it going, Jet? Truly, I, I high tell you five what. Work. One of the things that I, I miss okay. the most about the the before is when you and I, uh, when our our schedule would sort of be overlapping, and either you'd be coming up to an event, a space after I would, or vice versa, and we would draw on one another's posters, the promotional posters. We'd give each other mustaches. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to find a like a digital way of of doing that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I feel like at this point in the year, we would have done multiple mustaches in multiple places in America. Yeah, and 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 different kinds of mustaches. It could have been a handlebar mustache, a Hulk Hogan. I was I was practicing, man. I was ready. So the the first time we ever met was at, at, at Comic Con in, in San Diego, I think. But I got to tell you. When you sent in the photo of yourself as a kid, I immediately thought, man, we would have been <laughs> such good friends Look at that. in middle school. Yeah, I think we bought glasses in the same store. We would have just we would have just sat at the school cafeteria talking Dang about funny. comics and you know, talking about the latest cheat codes in Nintendo Power magazine. Yeah, that's right. So Gene, we all know that you were the national ambassador for young people's literature. You have a whole bunch of fancy stickers on all of your books, but what what I really want to know is more about who Gene was when he was a kid. What was your place like? What kind of stuff were you absorbing creatively? I spent my whole life in the Bay Area. I uh, was born and raised and, and even went to college and now am raising my own kids within an hour radius. I uh, was born in Fremont, which is about half an hour away from San Francisco. And then I spent most of my childhood in the suburbs of San Jose, went up to Berkeley for college. Okay, and so what did you what did, what did you study in college? This is what have been interesting for me about these interviews. Not not everybody studied art. No, dude, I have an immigrant dad. He was not going to pay for an art degree. So I studied computer science when I was in college. I did like computers too. I, I have to say that it, it wasn't a hundred percent just to please my dad. I did like computers too, but I I uh, majored in computer science. I had considered doing a double major in art, but then I didn't really like. The, the art program at UC Berkeley. So I ended up minoring in creative writing. And I have to tell you, for, for graphic novels, that minor was was super useful. Probably more so than than 
drawing classes. And look, you uh, have at least a few National Book Award finalist stickers. So those those writing classes paid off. Yeah, well, well thanks, thanks. I, I do think, I mean, I had some great professors. One of my professors was uh, Gary Soto, who's this nationally renowned poet and, and writer. He didn't really like my stuff, and I think for good reason. But I do feel like I learned a ton in, in his class and in other classes as well. And so did you have a lot of siblings uh, growing up? The child One brother. Immigrants were, did, did you have comics in the house? Did you have cartoons in the house? Yeah, I, I had, so we had one brother who's younger than me. He's four years younger. He is now a doctor. So he's, he's a very, very successful man. And, and we used to read comics together all the time. I started collecting comics when I was in fifth grade, and that was 1984. And it was because of the Superman comic that my mom bought me off of a spinner rack at my local bookstore. So that, that got me going. And then I had this best friend back then who was already like this comic book geek. He, he'd been collecting for a really, really long time. And we would go to the comic book store together. We would actually have our parents drop us off at the library. And then when they drove away, we would sneak out of the library to walk over to the comic book store and buy comics out of the quarter bin. Yeah, and that's where we have to say to kids, like, you know, you don't know how, how lucky you are. Like, like when we were your age, like we we had to sneak out of the library to find comics. They, they weren't there were comics at the library. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was like nowadays, my library has a better graphic novel uh, collection than most comic book stores. You know, it's, it's kind of astounding. I thank God for those librarians. Yeah, thank God for those librarians. They really changed things. I remember being a kid and having to go to, I think it was like 741.9, right? Like if there was a graphic novel in the library, it would be there. And it was in most most libraries. It was just it was just art books. There were no graphic novels at all. Yeah, you know, and for us as kids who were coming up in the '80s here in America, the term graphic novel kind of had a connotation of like this isn't kiddie stuff. This is more mature and meant for to be for adults. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I think the term has has kind of changed since then. I remember Mouse was always considered a graphic novel. Great book. And I think Watchmen, like if, if, a, if a library had graphic novels, those would be the two that they would have, right? Right. And Watchmen. For sure. Yeah. So, so Superman, but what other kind of comics were you reading? Well, I was a big Marvel guy. I, I think everybody who was in comics at that time was buying X-Men. Okay, so you graduated with a degree in computer science, but what were your next steps from there? I uh, became a programmer for a little while. I was a software coder for maybe just two years. And all the way through, I was interested in comics. So I was starting to draw comics as an adult. So I'd done some as a kid. And then after I graduated from college, I was like, you know, if I die without publishing at least one comic book, I'm just going to die really unfulfilled. At the time, you know, self-publishing was a really big deal. I think Jeff Smith had become this huge success in comics. And I, I went online. The, the internet was brand new at the time. And I found a few interviews. I found an interview with Jeff Smith. And I think another one with Colleen Doran. A bunch of people who I really admired since I was in high school, cartoonists. And they talked about self-publishing. So from those interviews, I figured out how to self-publish. And, and, and Bone also connects to why we are where we are here today with comics. Scholastic Graphics in early 2005 took Bone, published it in full color. And I, I remember like that was the big debut from the majors of saying we are investing in graphic novels and because of that colorization of bone like that gave us Raina Telgemeier and everything that came after that too. Jeff Smith is is revolutionary. I mean he totally changed the American comic book business. I, I, I don't even know if they give him enough credit. When Bone hit my local comic book shop, it was it was a big deal. Nobody had ever seen anything like that before, right? There's no capes, there's no tights. 
It's just these three funny animals. And the, and, and the, and the story itself was both. It was both like it drew from comic strip and, and comic book traditions. It was kind of a, a marriage of the two. Yes. So then what, what I'd like to know is then how, how, how did you go from, from reading those Jeff Smith interviews to then publishing American Born Chinese in, in 2006? I, I, so I was self-publishing for a while. I, I did, I don't know, like 96, 97, uh, all the way through to when American Born Chinese came out. I, and I'd worked with a few other publishers as well. I have a fr- friend named Derek Kirk Kim, who's a fabulous cartoonist. He and I did a, a really short comic book series for Image Comics. I did some self-published stuff that was later picked up by another publisher called Slave Labor Graphics. So all the way through, I was doing these comics, but I was constantly losing money at it. I'd yeah. put out a comic, and then I'd lose either a couple hundred or sometimes a couple thousand dollars. Um, and did you have a day then, job then? Like you were doing a computer? I did. Heck yeah. Yeah, I was, so I was a coder for a little bit, and then I became a high school teacher. So I was a high school teacher for 17 years. I was a high school teacher almost all of my comic book career and that's kind of how i cut my teeth by hanging out with other cartoonists that's how i learned how to cartoon you know there was a bunch of cartoonists in the bay area and we used to get together once a week and we'd like look at each other's pages and we'd give each other tips we'd see the tools that we were each using you know and and that's sort of how i learned to make comics you know and then you've got you know scott mcleod's understanding comics that was was a watershed moment for me of of what comics could potentially be i don't think i'd be doing comics had i not read that book so did you did your parents just pull you aside and say gene like you're crazy like meanwhile your your brother's gonna be a doctor and you you want to make comics yes a little bit i mean they they were worried like my my dad would sit me down and and we would have discussions although he was he was i think he was a little bit sly he was he was more sly he was he could he could be a little bit passive aggressive so he would actually send me these envelopes of newspaper clippings. I was a high school teacher and I was doing comics on the side and he would send me these newspaper clips with uh, clippings with like one ads from Apple and and like one ads from Google and these articles comparing salaries and he would highlight the teacher's salary and then the programmer's salary. He'd do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Something that I love too. So you talked about how you used to read Superman when you were a kid and now as an adult, you have gotten to write for Superman. Yeah, that's that's another crazy thing about being a, a cartoonist. You know, these things that you're a fan of, you get to work on. So just recently, I, I have a copy here I can show you. I did a book called Superman Smashes a Clan with um, an art team out of, out of Japan called Gurihiru. They're amazing. I think they're among the best working in comics today. And that's a retelling of this old Superman story from the 1940s. So to go from reading Superman comics to, to making it, I mean, it's just... Uh, it's really crazy. If you're enjoying my chat with Gene and want to see the conversation, which includes visuals of the books we reference, check out studiojjk.com forward slash origin stories. I recorded this talk via Switcher Studio. Switcher Studio is a simple and powerful iOS app that makes your live video feeds look like a professionally produced piece. Your iPad becomes like the production control room as you switch between your iPhone camera, which acts as a webcam, your remote guests, and any pre-recorded video or visuals you want to bring on screen. I would like to thank Switcher Studio for sponsoring this podcast. And as a thank you to you for listening, you may use code STUDIOJJK at switcherstudio.com to receive a free month of their service. I remember when I first heard you were writing a book about basketball, and I remember thinking to myself, Huh, I, I didn't know 
Gene Yang was a, an athlete. Like, and I guess he's really tall, and tall people are good at basketball. <laughs> nope, <laughs> the, the opposite opposite of that. <laughs> and something that I, I you are, are so masterful at is tying in seemingly unrelated stories together. So in this book, it's a memoir about your time being a high school teacher and then you're following the basketball team you're going to write about the basketball team and then in between there you're telling stories about the actual student athletes and then you're also giving us the whole history of basketball as well how long did this book take you to make i mean this is a thick book man it it took me it took me too long It, it took me five years to do so it's a nonfiction book about a real high school basketball team all the kids on that team now like the seniors who are on that team are all graduated from college. One of them is is, is going to med school. It, it took too long for me to do. I, I had no interest in sports when I was a kid. I had anti-interest in sports. I yeah. actively hated sports as a kid. Yeah. So w- would you like to read a little bit from Dragon Hoops? Sure. We are joined by the Coach Lou. Hey, Coach Lou, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you doing today? It's nice to meet you in person because, of course, I've, I've I've read all read all about you in Gene's book. So you know, it's it's rare that we get a chance to talk to our cartoonists, friends of our cartoonist pals outside of the comics community. So there's there's something that I I'd love to know about Gene. You know, when Gene Yang comes up to a comic book convention, he's like, "I'm Gene Yang. Like, I'm super like super tough, <laughs> super competitive, like aggressive. Like he just comes in like I'm gonna crush it." And so you you you've known Gene a lot outside of the combo convention. Is that is is he is he like that in everyday life too? Not whatsoever. <laughs> so, so you so you you know I, I think all, all of us cartoonists who don't play sports, we need someone athletic you like you to sort of take us under your wing and and show us show us the way that is that there's a lot of positivity that's happening in sports. See, we're typically the kids that get stuffed into lockers, but that's not always the case. Well, you know, I'm going to be very careful and choose my, my, my words wisely about Gene because he has the power of the pen. So in case there is a part two or part three, I have to make sure he casts me in the same light that he did. So it'd be hard for me to say anything negative about a uh, Yang man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you're you're an admirable character both on the page and in real life. And we're, we're so happy to have you here to, to join us on the reading. Graphic Novels Readers Theatre. It's the first heavy rain of the year. I find the team in O'Dowd's small gym. The women's team is using the large gym. Looks like we got a leak, Coach Lou, says Coach Dante Patterson. Yes, we'll be practicing on half of the court today. Fuck. Mr. Yang, I saw those sketches of us you put up on Tumblr. So dope. Oh, yeah, thanks, Jeevan. I, I got a favor to ask, though. You think he can fix my hairline? It's it's more like straight across, you know, but it but if you can't do it, that's totally cool. No, you're right. I was trying to make sure that cartoon you reads as Punjabi rather than African American. It's an important part of the story, your story. But I get how the zigzag thing looks kind of dumb. Let me work on it. Sure. Thanks, Mr. Yang. Thank you for the feedback. Gather up, gentlemen. This Saturday, we're going up against the Bishop Gorman Gales. Never in the history of Northern California high school basketball have two top 10 teams played each other in the Bay Area. This is an exposure game. And what happens And what happens in exposure games? You get exposed? 
That's right, P. Bobby Knight once said that basketball is a game of mistakes. Whoever makes the fewest mistakes wins. Life is kind of like that. Fewest mistakes wins. But what happens if you do and make a mistake? On that court in front of that sold-out crowd, you're going to have the confidence to own it and move past it. You're going to be strong enough to move on. That's the thing about exposure. It could be good. It could be bad. People are going to get to see who we really are. Again, life is like that. Pastor Rab, give us a prayer before we start practice. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come together as a unit. Help us do our best this Saturday. Amen. All right, gentlemen, let's get to it. Bigs on this side, guards on that side. But there's a leak on that side. Fuck. Yang man. Hey, Lou. So tell me about the Gales. Out of Las Vegas, number two team in the country. We played them last year and upset them by 20. This Saturday night might be payback. Their two superstars, Chase Jeter and Steven Zimmerman, are both top five players in the country. Two big men. Get there early, young man. It's going to be sold out. I'm, I'm not sure I can go. You know, family stuff. Excellent work. Thank, right. you. Thank you, Coach Lou. Woo, that was Appreciate fun. it, man. Now, you know, you know, once the lockdown, <laughs> once the lockdown is over and, and we're able to get out more freely, you, you better just have keep a Sharpie in your pocket for all those, all those autographs at comic book conventions. You know, we've been talking yeah. about the Comic-Con for years. I knew nothing about it. I grew up a, a big comic book guy. I was a big X-Men, Wolverine, you know, when they all came out. And my buddy Zach and me, we used to collect comics. So Zach, you know, I, I'm not as smart as Zach. Zach knew all about Gene Yang. He knew all about Comic-Con. He knew everything. He's like, Gene Yang is like the John Wooden of comics. <laughs> he is the man. So I'm assuming that person you reference is a really good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach is in the book. Zach is the videographer. He's in a couple of the panels. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. we, we, we're going to do it. I mean, Lou and I have been talking about doing, I mean, we're supposed to. We were supposed to do a couple of events together in person. But, you know, the virus got in the way. But once, once it's all over, we're going to do it. Yeah, we'll continue to build that bridge between uh, comic books and sports, right? Yeah. Well, Yang Man, I, I so hope that we can get back to drawing mustaches on each other's promotional event posters soon. Yeah, hopefully soon, man. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. This was, this was great. Great uh, to connect uh, through the screen. Even I know, and I love, I love learning more about you, and uh, the, the world is lucky for your, your persistence and your hard work, and I appreciate it. You too, you too. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for, for having this forum. This is great. Oh, thank you. Well. Thank you to Gene for chatting and thank you for listening. Again, if you're interested in picking up any of Gene's books and you'd like to order online while supporting a human with a dream, head to studiojjk.com forward slash origin stories for a link to High Five Books, a wonderful sponsor of the show. I've been your host, Jared J. Krasoska. You may learn more about me and my work by visiting my website, studiojjk.com. Or if you're on social media, find me there. I'm on pretty much all of the platforms. My handle across the board is at studiojjk. Thanks so much for listening.